we are uh, we're very uh, honored to uh, to host in our shul this morning. Uh, Rabbi Michael Talvis just became a Rosh Hashiva Ritz uh, to share with us uh, a shear or mini shear on the, the topic of selling land in Eretz Yisrael. I also have some uh, handouts that people share. I don't think I printed enough. I don't know. As was uh, mentioned, the theme of this morning's presentation is Seder Zroin, and um, other than Masachas Brochus, uh, most of Seder Zroin focuses on the category of mitzvahs that we refer to as mitzvahs atluyos ba'aretz, uh, mitzvahs that apply in Eretz Yisrael that pertain to the land of Israel, and uh, probably not in most cases elsewhere, so on a derisive level. Again, other than Maseches Brochus, you have, uh, for example, Maseches Peya, which talks about the requirement to leave over a portion of the field uh, for the poor, and Maseches Shvius, which talks about the laws of Shemitah, and Maseches Trumas, and Maisus, and Maisus Sheni, and Pikurim, and the like. So most of these are what we call Mitzvah Satlus Baris. They apply in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, we don't have Talmud Babli. There is no Gemara on the overwhelming majority of State Israel, other than Maseches Brochus. There is Yushalmi on these Masechahs, but not the, not the Babli. It didn't, most of these didn't, didn't apply in Babel. Whether that's the reason for, it's for another discussion. But in any event, uh, I thought this morning, in keeping with the theme of Seder's Rhyme, that it would be perhaps worthwhile to look at something that relates to Eretz Yisrael. Uh, and that is the question of selling land in Eretz Yisrael, or specifically selling land in Eretz Yisrael in perpetuity. Um, we'll explain what that means in just a moment. <coughs> The um, Torah tells us in the first of the sources in Parshas Bahar, which will end in a couple of weeks, Perak Chav Hey of Ayukra Pasa Chav Gimel, Ha'aretz lo simacher litzmisus kili kol ha'aretz kigerim v'sol shovim atem imodi. The Torah says the land shall not be sold in perpetuity, forever. You can't sell land in Eretz Yisrael such that the sale will last forever, that the buyer will acquire it and hold on to it forever. Kili kolaretz, because the land belongs to me. Kigerim v'tal shavim that you are visitors, sojourners here with me. Uh, that's the presentation. Now, you'll notice carefully, if you look at it carefully, that the um, formulation, it's not formulated as an iser. It's not formulated in the thou shalt not kind of uh, formulation. It doesn't say, lo simkar aretz l'smisus. It says, v'aretz lo simacher. It's not formulated as an Isser, and the question is, or as a Tzivu, and the question is, uh, is there actually an Isser? Is there a prohibition? Or uh, is it something that's not, you know, that won't have effect? You know, let's say a person violates this and sells land in perpetuity. Does it, does the sale stand? Is the sale valid? Those are the questions we have to look at. The Torah tells it as a fact. It will not be a permanent sale. Hard, slow, simo, cher, 
meaning even if I possibly, meaning even if I sell it to you, and the intention is that the sale shall be forever, it doesn't matter. It's still going to revert back to the original owner. The context, of course, of these of this pasuk is in the midst of Yovel, and we know that one of the things which happens in the Yovel year is that land which had been sold is returned to its original owner. So again, the question is, may a seller, is there is there a particular love upon a person to sell land with the intent that it should be sold forever? Or is it simply saying that such a sale is not valid? It's a fact, not necessarily formulated as a love. We look in Rashi on the spot, in second source, we Rashi says, right away, Rashi tells him right away, this is the love. Never mind how it's formulated exactly in terms of the diktuk, but this is a love, says Rashi. And we know that there's a mitzvah, as I say, as I just mentioned before, that the land is returned. The buyer of a land has to, buyer of land has to return it to the original owner in the oval year. That's a positive commandment. So now Rashi is telling us this is the flip side. It has and tails of the same coin. This is the flip side saying that there's a law of al-Khazar Sazlabam, Shaloi Kosha. The purchaser cannot keep it forever. In other words, Rashi says that Isser, Although the implication of Rashi, as Baron explained, is that the violation does not take effect, so to speak, until the Yovel year arrives. That's what it means by the second half of the statement, at the time of the sale. Okay, so even though I had in mind that both the buyer and the seller had wanted to be forever, but the Isser is not chal, so to speak, or the violation, the law, is not violated until such time as the Yovel year arrives and he refuses to give it back. Okay, and he fails to be machzib yovel, as opposed to when he buys it. Rashi also seems to say that the iser is on the buyer. Litein lav al chazara sodas l'banam yovel. The iser is on the buyer and not on the seller. If the buyer refuses to return it in the yovel year, that's when the violation is uh, is considered to have been uh, committed. It also seems from Rashi that this whole iser is only in effect as long as there is such a concept as Yovel. Right now we don't have Yovel for a variety of technical reasons. Yovel is not, and we still have Shemitah today, at least on the Rabbanu level. There's no Yovel today. So uh, if there's not going to be a Yovel anyway, so perhaps this law would not be in effect anymore because there is no Yovel. That's the understanding of Rashi. We look at the Rambam in Source 3. Hilcha Shemitah v'yovel perk yodal v'alocha alef. The Rambam writes, Eret Yisrael Mishael Shvatim. We won't analyze that phrase right now. Right, Rashi quotes our pasuk, and then he, Rambam rather quotes our pasuk, and then Rambam says, If it was sold for in perpetuity forever, Shnehem over and below Sase. Both, both the buyer and the seller, both violate the flow Sase. And the transaction, their action is not valid. Anyway, the oval comes, it goes back to the original seller anyway. So the Rambam, while agreeing that it's an iser, uh, you know, we asked the question before, is this a lav? It's not formulated as a lav, but uh, as, a, as a negative uh, command. However, uh, the Rambam agrees with Rashi, it's an iser, but first of all, he says it's on both the seller and the buyer, right? It says, shneem over and below saseh. And apparently, at what, t- at what point are you over? At the time <laughs> when you set up the deal. It's not like Rashi seems to say, listen, I understood Rashi, that the lav doesn't go into effect until such time as the yovel arrives and the buyer refuses to uh, to give the field back to the seller, but rather at the very time of the transaction. It could be, uh, you know, 49 years earlier. Uh, at the very time of the transaction, that's when you're over, that's when you're over this particular love, and it's not really connected to the issue of refusing to return it during the oval year. A possible, not for me, a possible distinction between these approaches, what if, for example, they made this deal at the time of the sale, and then, uh, you know, the guy became a Balchuba, something he wanted to, so he ended up, he did give it back in the oval, a few years before the oval year, so even though the sale that they had agreed at the time of the sale that it was going to be forever, we're going to ignore the law of the Yovel, then the guy decided to return it. If you hold, like Rashi, that the law doesn't go into effect until the time of the Yovel, so the guy didn't violate anything, he gave it back. 
you hold like the Ram seems to say that there's an issue at the moment of the transaction, so that's a question. Now, what happens, you know, later on if you talk, you give it back? Or, you know, some of the uh, more interesting of Aaron noted, uh, what happens if uh, you made the deal, and then in the interim, whatever happened, the Oval, uh, as, as today, the Oval no longer existed, right? Somehow, during those uh, years, that's when we stopped observing the Oval. So now the person never never had, so to speak, the chiv to give it back. At the time of the transaction, again, according to Rashi, there'd be no chiv to give it back. There's no more yovel here. But according to the Rambam, that it happened at the time of the uh, at the time of the sale. The issue is valid at the time of the sale. Perhaps it's still in this. Okay. If you take a look in the Sefer Mitzvahs in source number four, uh, the Rambam there it's Mitzvahs Losa Sereish Chov Zayin two twenty seven in the Sefer Mitzvahs in Mitzvahs on the Lavim. The Rambam writes on Mitzvah Reish Chov Zayin He Shehizivano Shelo Limkar Achuzosein Beretz Omechira Kayemis. Don't sell your land as a, you know, a, 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 a sale for perpetuity. Now, you could be Medayak here, the Ramah says Shalolimkor, which may suggest that the issue is on the seller. Right? Now, we saw in the Mishnah Torah, in the, in the previous source, it's on the buyer and the seller. But here, uh, the Ramah says Shalolimkor, it looks like perhaps the primary issue is on the seller, but I don't know if you can be Medayak or infer necessarily that the, uh, that the buyer is not uh, over either, but he just says, it's interesting, he says, So in an extensive commentary on that, we have the Rambam wrote a Sefer Mitzvah, as we know, where he lists off what are all the, we have a tradition that there were 613 Mitzvahs in the Torah, but the Torah never never lists, here's number one, here's number two, here's number three, never says in the Torah, how do we count the Mitzvahs, so there's a lot of discussion, how do we get to the number of 613? Uh, so for example, uh, one could wonder, we have a mitzvah of Kriyashma, let's say. So we say Kriyashma twice a day. We say Kriyashma in the morning, Kriyashma in the evening. Is that one mitzvah? There's one mitzvah to say Kriyashma twice a day. Or there are two separate mitzvahs. One mitzvah to say Kriyashma in the daytime, one mitzvah to say Kriyashma at night. Is that one mitzvah with two parts? Or there are two separate mitzvahs? On Sukkot we take a Lulav and Esrug and an Adas and a Rav. Is there four different mitzvahs? Or is there one mitzvah? Okay, so I'm just going to say, so is there one mitzvah to count the days, one mitzvah to count the weeks? Is a shita like that in Shonim? Or do we assume that it's one? Anyway, so the Rambam and others, many others, wrote Sifrei HaMitzvahs where they try to figure out how do we count the mitzvah. In many cases, it's a bookkeeping question. But in any event, how do we get to the total of 613? So the Rambam has his presentation, and quite a number of places the Rambam disagrees. So one of the things, but not always necessarily disagreeing about what it's counted as a mitzvah, but sometimes it disagrees about the Rambam's presentation. So here, in source number five, the Rambam has a lengthy commentary on Mitzvah Los Haser Reish Chav Zayin. So there's uh, four points that I want to look at here. Cause of Arab, Mitzvah Masayim Vesim Yisheva Shem Nimnanu Lilimkor Nachosin Abretz Kanan and so on and so forth. Right? It's Kanan, I won't go to that either now. But he quotes the Rambam. Then he writes in the second line, Velonis Borli Inyan Hamini Yahazos. I don't, I'm not clear on what exactly the nature of this love is. What do you mean at the time of the sale? In general, when a sale takes place, the buyer does not, the seller does not have to stipulate to the buyer, by the way, remember that in the Yovel year it's going to come back to me. I mean, there's no discussion, generally speaking, at the time of the transaction of what's going to happen X number of years later, right? I will call him in card, not him stand. You know, you make a, a sale, it, it happens ordinarily. Sadai mechulacha, basi knulacha, I'm selling my field, I'm selling my house. Bayova, machza mechulabov, bain bistam, bain mechulabov, it doesn't matter whether you stipulate it, discuss it in advance. So what exactly, you know, what happens at the time of the sale, the way the Rambam presented it, it seems that you're over the Isser of selling land in perpetuity in Eretz Yisrael at the time of the sale, not like Rashi said when you refused to give it back in the Yovia, but earlier, but the Rambam wonders, well, what exactly, what did you do? Who says there was, was what discussion? Was, what we had in mind? And what exactly is going on? And he says it goes back anyway, it's because it's called, he writes at the end, Afkat, Afkat of the Malkahi. 
is so to speak that Melech, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, removes the field from the possession of the buyer and returns it to the to the to the, to the original to the original to the seller. So apparently the Ramban understands that the Rambam is talking about where there was a stipulation where at the time of the sale, the lender, the the the, the, uh, the seller said. Here it is for you, and I don't want it back ever, or the buyer said, I'm never going to give it back to you, or something, but it's a little bit difficult. But that's how the Ramban understands the Ramban finds it problematical. Then he goes on, he says, Varisa ben Shlomo, that's Rashi, Ramban writes in the fourth line, Varisa ben Shlomo, Varish HaTorah, Shomar Shazelitain Lava, Chazor, Sotos Labalam Biyovo, the sheet that Rashi mentioned before, he doesn't like that either. Ein Mashmo Zeb Azharazu, I don't think that's uh, what's going on here. Lefishu ala mocher, v'lolokech. The way Rashi presents it, the Isser is on the buyer to hold on to the land when the over year arrives. And the Ramban understands that the simple reading of the Pasuk indicates that it's the, it's on the buyer, it's on the seller. Unless, as you want to explain it, the land shall not be sold to you. You should hold on. That's maybe the way Rashi uh, understands it. And then he says, He acknowledges, maybe this is Taka, that you're not allowed to say at the time of the transaction, Can up until this point, what everybody seems to agree, is that we're dealing here with a prohibition, with a law, one of the mitzvahs, losas, and the Torah, however exactly you violate it, and, and, and what time you violate it, but there is an iser, there's a prohibition, one of the 365 prohibitions of the Torah. However, Ramban goes on, in the next line, v'hamuvan b'lav hazeh, b'divay bal halochos, he quotes as a sefer called the Sefer Halochos Gedolos, the author is referred to generally as the Baal Halachas Kedolos, or Bahag, sometimes for short. It's a question was exactly who wrote it. Not for enough in the time. He owned him, early work. So in the Sefer Halachas Kedolos, he never counts this mitzvah at all. He also wrote a list of the 613 mitzvahs, as we were discussing, and he never lists this sister at all. So the Ramban understands, neither, by the way, does the Sefer Yireim, one of the Balayatosas, who also wrote a Sefer Mitzvah. So he says, There's no Isra at all. As an Isra. Avotziva, like other Pesukim and Parshas Bahar, where our Pesuk is, Ovechol Eretz Achuzasem Gulotin Oretz Lefi She'ein Ha'aretz Hazos Nimkeres Litzmisus Mipnei She'eina Shalachem. The thrust here is the land cannot be sold in perpetuity because it doesn't belong to you. It's not your land to sell. Avalatem Geirin Vitoshavimbo. We are only temporary residents in the land. Okay, we have t- temporary, uh, temporary uh, visitors in the land. And therefore, the, the land cannot be sold. That's why the Bahag, the author of the Sefer Halachas, did not count this as one of the six hundred thirty. It's stating a fact. It's not a, an Isser, it's a fact. It's part of these other dinim uh, that are mentioned, or these other points that are mentioned, and it's telling us that... Um, uh, basically, the Torah limits the capacity to sell land, and so this land cannot be sold. It's a din, so to speak, in the land of Eretz Yisrael, and it's not a law, it's not a prohibition in the sense of a regular prohibition. It will not be sold forever. It's going to go back in the Yovel. Stand on your head and do whatever you want. It's going to go back in the Yovel. It's a din in the land of Eretz Yisrael, and the underlying message is, that the Ramban presents the Bahag, is, because you are temporary residents here. It's not yours. You don't own it. It's not yours to sell. Then, a little later in this piece, I said it was a long piece. Again, it's all in the Sagas Ramban and Mitzvah Losa Seresh Chavzayin. Ramban writes, He thinks that Ramban himself says it appears that it is a law. It is a It is a prohibition. However, it's a different prohibition. The prohibition is to sell the land to non-Jews. That's the Isser. 
this is the low You can't sell the land in Eretz Yisrael to non-Jews. That's what the Isser here is. That's what some people uh, question. We had last it was a Shemitah year, so uh, some people get around the problem of Shemitah by selling the land. It's similar, not exactly similar to what we did with the Chometz a couple of weeks ago, right? We had the rabbis. People make a mistake. You don't sell the chametz to the rabbi. The rabbi's not allowed to own chametz on paper either. <laughs> you ask the rabbi to sell the chametz for you. Power of right? Power of attorney. <laughs> and the rabbi uh, sells the chametz to a non-Jew. But uh, so similar, have a similar idea that you sell land in Eretz Yisrael uh, to a non-Jew. It's, so, interesting. So, um, it's interesting. The language is very similar to the Hasagas. The Ramban adds a mitzvah. About of only keeping Eretz Yisrael, right. So, right. Nachzir, he, he says, Lo nazveno It's a very the similar... The referring to the Ramban... Right, the Ramban... Notes that the Rambam doesn't seem to count on the 613 mitzvahs, the mitzvah to settle the land in Eretz Yisrael. Rambam, at the end of his commentary on the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs, has addenda. His mitzvah, he calls it mitzvah shashachah harab. Mitzvah the Rambam omitted. And there's a lot of literature. Why did the Rambam omit it? A lot of literature. I don't know, on that one in particular, there's a lot of literature. But one of the things Rambam says is a mitzvah to settle the land of Israel. And the Rabbi Helkis pointed out the expression the Ramban uses, I think it's dollar, I think it's the, yeah. the mitzvah, the, Rambam, the language the Ramban uses is Shalom Azvena. We're not allowed to leave the land in the hands of others. It's a very similar expression yeah. over here. But in any event, uh, so the, the Nitziv, in one of his chuvas, objects to the sale of the land to the non-Jews of Shemitah. He says, because you're jumping from the fire, fire, you know, from the frying pan to the fire. Right? You're getting around the Shemitah problem, but you're violating this, sir, of selling land in Eretz Yisrael to a non-Jew. That was his, a lot of literature about that as well. Anyway, but getting back to this, so the Ramban's position is Shalom Nazmisar's Biyad HaGoyim. And he says it fits in very well to other Psukim uh, there in that same parsha in Parshas Bahar, for example, speaks about um, and other dinim about uh, Jews can't be uh, slaves to non-Jews. Shainland Kinyan Akuf Bano and so on. And all of this is because you look at the third uh, in this uh, source, the fourth to last line, the fifth last line at the end. Tom Kolzeb Kili Bnei Yisrael Avodim Avodai Heim Asher Otzisia Someretz Mitzrayim. The reason Jews cannot be slaves anymore to others is because uh, the reason is that. You're my slaves. You're my servants. We just had you see this Mitzrayim. We celebrated, right? We're no longer We're not avodim. We never can have the status anymore of being avodim. As a side point, uh, Ryan did mention this, but I remember once reading a tshuva from uh, uh, Rabbi Fry Moshri, who has a collection of tshuvas that he wrote during the Holocaust. He was the Rav in the Kovno Ghetto. So somebody, a uh, very fascinating story for another time. But somebody asked him, who was uh, worked in one of the labor camps, asked him that he's. Should he say in the morning the Birchas Hashachar Bracha Shalom Sami Ovid? He said, "We say well, I'm, not, I'm not a slave." He said, "I am a slave. I get up early in the morning. I got to do backbreaking labor all day. I'm beaten by my. In what sense am I not a slave? He, he wasn't necessarily complaining per se about his lot, but he's saying, how can I get up and say a lie? It's, it's a lie about Shalom Sami Ovid. I am an Ovid. Should I continue to say the Bracha?" So Rabbi Shri is saying, we do because regardless of what we have to do, call your soul never again, if the Yisrael can be in the status of being an Evid. Halachically, not an Evid. Whatever you have to do, but we are, we are B'nei Chorin. Anyway, so the Ramban says here, same thing, Cain, his harnu benachlos aretz, acharei tzavoso, chazoros hakarkos b'yovel, shatziva lakechazirim, tziva od alamocher, shizor shalotimachar aretz atzmisos. Say, it's a similar concept. We can't be avodim. To non-Jews, our land, our Israel cannot be in the possession for, uh, for, for to non-Jews, and that's what the uh, Ramban at least presents over here. And again, that same expression, lo and the reason is, if you look back at source number one, because what, what's the uh, phrase? The arts, kili kol arts. 
Kili Kalaret. It's my land. And therefore, Art Shalo, Yisalav Yisbarach. Vanachdu Kolom Germitos Shomimo, Vilayachbos Shomachem, Zosenarach, Vadenu Tishar, Vilayachbos Shomachem. Okay. Now, um, the idea of this point in the Ramban is that the non-Jews don't have a concept of Yovel. When you sell to a non-Jew, there's no idea that the land is going to be given back in the Yovel year. Consequently, any sale of land to a non-Jew is understood to be a permanent sale. So it says, So there is no din of Yovel. If you sell it to a guy, then by definition it's going to be a sale from perpetuity. Because there is no Yovel, no din of Yovel that's going to force him to return it. So that's how the Ramban, at least in this part of the presentation, understands it. Ramban went in, there is another issue. Some of you may be thinking about it. Later on in the Chumash, it says, Lo which uh, has a number of different, three different meanings in the Moran Bodhazar, but one of them is you're not allowed to give non-Jews permanent uh, uh, residence in the land. So he was mechalek, lo sechonim, is on, uh, is on, 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 on selling to the non-Jew, and here it's on giving it back in the Yovah, different, uh, you know, different shades of that Isser. Uh, and here the idea is the land shouldn't be removed from the Jewish people. Now the question is, having said this, what is the nature of our uh, analyze, uh, what is the nature, so to speak, or the uh, logic, if you will, behind this Isser? Is it basically um, uh, a nas- on the national level? In other words, the land shall not be removed from the Jewish people. Eretz Yisrael is a Jewish national homeland that has a Baruch who wants and it should remain the Jewish national homeland. So it's it's basically a national mitzvah, so to speak. It's a mitzvah that allows us to maintain our land in Eretz Yisrael. Or is it more, the way I'm presented, on the religious level? Okay, all the land belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's his land. So he gave, happened to give it to us. Like Rashi is in the beginning of the Chumash, right? It belonged to him, and he created the whole world. That's the first Rashi and Chumash. He created the earth, and he gave it to us. So don't complain that we have Eretz Yisrael. But fundamentally, it's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu owns the whole land. In other words, the question is, is this, is the injury, so to speak, the attack of selling, or the, the, uh, the uh, thrust of, of, of selling land, is that an insult or an injury yeah. to the Jewish people as a nation? Or really, no, it's an injury to the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It implies that you have control over the land, and now you're selling it, you don't have the right to do that. So is it, is it an, an affront at the Jewish people, or an affront against the Jewish people, or is it an affront, so to speak, against HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That's what the Rabbi asked. He said, if you take a look in the Sifra that I printed in Source 6, there in Parashat Bahar, the Sifra in Parsha Gimel Parag Dalad says, "Va'aretz lo simachel etzuzer lechula lechutanius forever kili aretz al teira ein chabok yigerim tosh matem al tasu atzmechem ikar." Don't make yourselves like you own the land. The way this Avraham understood the Sifra, he's saying it's an affront against the Kaddish Baruch Hu to do. Don't pretend. Don't make al tasu atzmechem ikar like you're the main, uh, you know, the owners and so on and so forth. That's not the way it is. So that's how he felt that the Sifra at least understood it. Now, there's an interesting question, which the Rishonim discussed. Uh, is there a way to circumvent this Isser? We know that, for example, there's a din called Shemitah Ksafim. Many will remember just last year, we had the Prusbul before uh, Rosh Hashanah, that people have loans, right? Money goes, if you may, if you lend somebody money, and uh, the halach is, when the Shemitah arrives, the debt is canceled, but there is a way to uh, get out of it. And so on, one of the ways to get out of it is, if the lender and the borrower make a stipulation in the beginning that it's going to be a 10-year loan or something like that, so then the Shemitah is not, the, the arrival of the Shemitah does not cancel the loan. The other way to get around is the principle, you know, which again, many people may have done uh, last year. Anyway, uh, so the question is, can you circumvent it over here? Uh, the Ramban, in that same section, source 7, in the midst of Losa Seresh of Zion, in his Asogas, writes, I saw the Rambam, that's referred to the Rambam as the Rambam, his major, you know, magnum opus is the Mishnah Torah. 
Shemastin b'yovel almanah shelo yachzirena b'yovel kederek sh'omu b'shvius. He says the Rambam is of the opinion that you can make a tanai, you can make a stipulation at the time of the transaction, just like at the time of the loan you can make a stipulation that the Shemitah year will not cancel a loan, so too you can make a stipulation here with regards to the land uh, that the Yovel will not uh, force the buyer to return it to the uh, return it to the seller. Just like a Malvin Alova, a barn lender can make a deal by Shemitah, like the Mirror says, Kederek Sha'amru, just like it says it by just like it says it by Shrias. Okay? Now uh, there's one technical problem with that citation Ramban, from the Rambam, and that, that is that we don't have that Rambam. <laughs> in our version of the Rambam, I have to admit, we're talking before about uh, somebody making a machon, and then someone wants to study all the manuscripts, but you know the regular text of the Rambam, Rambam that we have, uh, there is no such statement. But the Rambam surely didn't make it up, but it's an, just to sound an interesting... Uh, huh? I look at the, the, the text that... Uh, we don't have that text. So... Um, at least not there where the citation is. Maybe it's elsewhere. I didn't do a thorough uh, investigation, but, you know, Rebarin pointed that out, so I'm, I'm trusting his <laughs> <laughs> for far more than my own, that's for sure. But in any event, um, so now most Rishonim understood not, you know, we said before that the Ramban understood the Rambam is saying that the Isser to begin with is at the time of the transaction, maybe they made a, a verbal statement and so the Ramban was bothered. Remember back in the very beginning of Source 5, Ramban was bothered. What's the Isser at the time? You're talking and that's how he seemed to understand the Rambam. Most assume not like that. So, um, we said before, if the land is sold, stam, so then it's Afkata de Malka, right? Akkadish Baruch's decree says that the land goes back to the original, uh, to the original owner. The over returns it to the original owner. The question is, you know, what if you made it tonight, so to speak, not to give it back? So he has this Rambam. But as I said, this Rambam, we don't have it. And rather, we assume that the sale is not valid. Okay, why should there be a difference between the Shemitah's Ksofen, which the uh, two parties can make a deal about, and here when they can't? Perhaps it's because at the time of, maybe it relates to this question, when it comes to the Shemitah canceling the loan, at the time of the loan, no Isser whatsoever is being done. I'm lending you money. Not only it's not an Isser, it's a Mitzvah, right? So it's a Mitzvah to lend somebody money. So, they, so therefore, at that time, when there's absolutely no Shemitah, there's no... You know, no smell, no, you know, nothing, no, no, no isser whatsoever. So then we can set up a, a, a tanai. But if we should assume in this particular case where there's at least a potential for an isser at the time of the transaction, so maybe they can't make such a stipulation. That's a possibility. Now, the, um, there is a Gemara in Bab Metziah, the Ein Testament Aleph, source number eight, where the Gemara says the following. What if you have the following case? Not that they stipulated that the Yovo will not cancel the, uh, will not return the land, but it will be returned later. Let's say it's going to go back to the original uh, a seller eventually, but not at the oval year. It's going to be a 60-year sale. Well, sometimes make now 99-year sales, right? So they make a, a longer, it's going to go back. Well, it was Hong Kong, right? So, so they made a 60-year sale. So the Gemara says it doesn't help. Right? It works. Itaka helps Aina Khazar's Biola doesn't go back in the Oval Year. Rashi explains in nine. Eliyamti na Chishim Vitatsu. So you give back it to sixty years instead of after the Oval Year. Shinamar, it's a dark draw shama posik. Varat Sasimakalismus, Mish Ancham Yovan its message, Yesham of Ainam its message. Fine. Yacha Zuzu, Shafopi Shancham Yovan and its message. It's not a permanent sale. Apparently, according to Gemara, the Isser is, so to speak, a permanent sale, and this is going back after sixty years. That's what the Gemara says in Bhavatsi, Ayan Tesamanalov. Now, um, why did the Gemara bring up the case? So some Rishonim want to say, why did the Gemara bring up the case of selling forever? Okay, rather than 60 years, why did the Gemara bring that up? 
So some Rishonim want to say, because that whole sale is null in the first place. That's why. And Medayek, from this Gemara, it's pointed out about that since the Gemara does not bring up the case of Sarol, doesn't even mention the case of selling forever, because such a sale is null and void make carrots, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, it simply, it simply has no status from the beginning. So take a look at the, uh, 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 next source, the next page, source number 10, for example, around quoted Nemuke Yosef in the Bab Metziah, earlier in Bab Metziah, it's Lamed Aleph and Aleph in the pages of the Rift. He says, from the Rashbor, Well, the common parakasochas omnin, that's the Gemara we just quoted, Diktek harashbozal, gabe v'hoki moti yovel, kohadra aralamor, midelo dochi almanas, shalach zanabi yovel, since the Gemara did not bring up the case of a stipulation that the yovel would uh, not have its effect, so Shmami no Delo Mahani Tnabi Oval Klaus. Such a condition, such a stipulation cannot work. And why? He says, Mishum Sha'ena Shaloshi Kodash Hashem Dhsiv Kili Kalaritz. In other words, man doesn't own the land anyway, so you can't sell it forever. Okay? And therefore the the the, the learns that the, the such a sale, such a transaction we know and void uh from the very beginning. Of course the question is so why is it only true in, when there's a yovel? In other words, even when there's no more yovel, man doesn't own the land either. So Baron said, uh, the creative, you know, he said, well, it'll go back in the yovel. The thing is, the yovel's never going to arrive. <laughs> we don't have it. But officially, so to speak, it's still not permanent. Whenever the yovel arrives, it just doesn't happen to arrive. The Ritva, on that second book, see, Ein Tesla and Aleph 11, has a slightly different angle. He says, Bismach, uh, Diba Mas Bismach, Ein Yovel, no, hey? No condition, no stipulation will prevent the oval from having the land go back from the seller to the, uh, from the, from the buyer to the seller. You can't do it. Because the Gemara didn't bring that up, like I said before. But time of Mishum, the reason is the Yovel, Afkata de Malkehi Mishum, Kili Kola Oret. The Ritvos seems to say, at least the Ritvos understood it, that even if the land is yours, not like the Nebuchadnezzar said it's not yours. But even land is yours, and theoretically could sell it forever, but the ownership is afkata de malko. When the oval year arrives, the Kodesh Baruch takes it away. In other words, it's not that it's not yours, you can't sell it, but rather, uh, the ownership is cancelled by Hashem. And finally, the third vision that the, the Ravan quoted in this, uh, in this question is the Fnusha Ramban, in Makas Gimel Amadeis, the Damaskal Dominion, he says, Odani Omer Shizakosavas Harlem Mocher. First he says Azharla Mocher, which is interesting because it doesn't necessarily match what the Ramban himself said earlier. But anyway, Odani Omer Shizakosavas Harlem Mocher, who shall loyimkor litzmisus. And so on, uh, because it's Lav Dovash of Momon who came on the Mocher Nami who Muzar. Velo Motsi Mochel Dami, uh, Dami the does her Rachmona Lova, Lomatsa, Snu, Amanashaeba Mishum Ribis. Ramban here says, this is the Halacha, and no Tanai works, just like by Ribis. Ribis is lending, uh, and borrowing Charging interest. Can a borrower and a seller say, well, we'll make a deal? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> you, I'm okay. You, you, you'll pay me the risk. Let's say ribis means uh, I'm lending you $1,000, but I want to get paid 10%, I want to get back 1100 So that you're not allowed to do, according to the Torah. That's a din of ribis. And what if the buyer and seller both, I mean, the borrower and the lender both agree? Okay, we'll make a deal between ourselves. I'll pay you back $1,100. It doesn't work. Because uh, ribis is an issue in the Torah. The Torah says the Ramban here, in the Kedusha Ramban of Marcos, says the same thing. He says it's parallel to the din of ribis. In fact, it's interesting, as a side point, the laws of ribis, okay, which you would expect to find in the section of Shulchan Aruch called Choshen Mishpat, which deals with you know, business law and so on and so forth, it's not. It's the laws of ribis and Yoridea. Laws of Yisrael Hefe. Okay, because it's not a, it's not a regular, it's not a Dovashim moment, so to speak, in the classic sense. Now, what Ravaren pointed out is, and one can analyze it as follows. If the Isser, so to speak here, is just on the buyer, okay, I'm sorry, just, just on the seller, or it's just on the Malva, the lender, 
So then one could argue that maybe you can make a condition. In other words, the, uh, the, 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 the lender can say, uh, the lender can, the, 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 in the case of Ribbis, the lender can say that the law is, sorry, the law is on the borrower. The borrower, it's to protect the borrower, so to speak. The law is to protect the borrower. So the borrower can say, I'm mohel. If Rivers is to protect me, the borrower, from having to give back extra money, I borrowed a thousand, I gotta give back eleven hundred. <laughs> so that's the nature of this din. So it makes sense to be able to say that the borrower can say, I'm mohel, right? I'm mohel. So same thing. If the law here is, so to speak, to protect the seller, that the seller will get his land back eventually. So then you can argue, perhaps, okay, if the seller is mochel, so to protect me, so I refuse that protection. Right? I think in law you have that also. Now you can say, I, I, I don't want that benefit. Okay, I don't need that benefit. However, when the issue is formulated on both, as it is by Ribbis, the issues are both on the lender and the buyer. And here too, we saw some some Rishonali said that the issues on the Rambam said the issues on the buyer on the on the buyer and the seller. Then it's not to protect a particular person, but rather the goal, so to speak, is that this behavior is not permissible. Charging Ribbis is not permissible. It's not a matter that we're trying to protect the you know lender to having to uh, sorry the, the, the borrower to having to pay the lender extra money. That's not what it's about. It's a Kaddish Baruch who doesn't like ribbons, period. Doesn't want ribbons. Same thing here. It's not necessarily to protect the seller to make sure he gets his achuzah back, his uh, his uh, family land back. That's not what it's for. Because if that were the case, you'd be able to be mochelet. <laughs> Take a look in the Rambam. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Malba Velova, Paragdalach Yud Gimel, Horu Mitzas Hagonim, Shehalova Shemochel Amalva Beribbis, right? Um, the, the, some of the Gaonim, the Ramam quotes, one of the places the Ramam quotes, some of the Gaonim paskin, that if the Lova is Mochel, the borrower is Mochel, I'll pay you back the Ribbis, okay, and so on, that the Mechila counts, okay, he says, uh, you think that the Mechila counts, but, Aval HaTorah lo Mochel, he's Mochel, but the Torah is not Mochel, the borrower says, I'm Mochel, I'll pay you back the extra hundred dollars, the extra ten percent. Even there there's no, you can't make such a condition. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right, in fact. Yeah, but if he pays him, he's still, he's still going to pay him. No, no, let's see, maybe not. Maybe not. There's a broader subject right now, but maybe not. However, I just want to point out that Rambam himself goes on and says, Yeroy Ali. When you see those two words in the Rambam, you know, it's like, <laughs> a lot to talk about. Yeroy Ali, it appears to me, the Mechila does work. And the and, and the Gaonim. But the Ramban that we saw in the Chedushim before, in Makkah, Stav Gimel, in Surah 12, the Ramban and the Gaonim apparently hold that the Lovah's Mechil is worthless because it's the Torah's prohibition. And the goal of the Torah is not to protect the Lovah, to prevent ribbons in the first place. There shouldn't be any ribbons. So there, the Ramban may disagree, but the Tanai is irrelevant. So perhaps one can say the same thing here. I just want to end the last couple of sources. The Ramban in, in elsewhere, in that same Hasogas Ramban, and also in his parish in Parshish Bahar, and the hour is a little late, so I'm not going to go into the detail now, but there's a broad machlok as it relates to what you just asked before, in Surgen Maseches Tmur and Davdalad and Abayi's machlokas, uh, Omar Abayi, Kol Milsud 14, Kol Milsud Omar Achman Alo Savadim Ovid Mahani. What, a Torah says don't do it. And they do it anyway. And it has, you know, ramifications in mumminess, let's say. Like you said, I, so I did pay him. 
the, the, the rivers. I did this, the Torah says. I mean, a broader example, let's say, you're not allowed to do a business transaction on Shabbos. I did a business transaction on Shabbos. So does it stand? Does it count? So the Abai holds the Ovid Mahani and the Rav Amar Lo Mahani. It's a famous sugya, it takes up a number of pages in the beginning of Masechus Tamura, and many kashas, and many, and we pass them like Rava, that, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ovid Lomahani, it doesn't say, it doesn't help. Ramban in the Sefer Mitzvahs in 16 and the Parsha Bahar in 17 in both places connects our discussion about the land and selling the land in Eretz Yisrael to this Machokas. He said, maybe it's the same issue, right? It says, don't sell the land, and now I do it. So now the question is, does the sale stand or not? So it's going to another example of the old Machokas. The problem is that the, the Gemara mentions many, many cases, and this is not one of them. Okay, so it doesn't bring this up in that context. But nonetheless, it's possible, therefore, they're dealing with a general, a general thing. Anyway, this is the over the, uh, on this, yeah, I'm sorry, question. It sounds like God, then, is the ultimate owner of the land. But if we keep talking about the land reverting to the original owner, is that God or is it the... No, the original owner is the guy who, 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 who at the time, whose family got this land. That's what God wants. You know, that he wants the, the land not to be you know, jumping around from place to place. But, uh, but, but it relates to the thing I want to end off with, and that's as follows. Aaron pointed out, uh, his hakira, so to speak, was, that we mentioned before, is the nature of this iser, is it an affront against... You know, Jewish nationalism, so to speak, is an affront against the fact that because it's our land, and therefore we shouldn't, the way that Ambansi shouldn't sell it to a guy, or, you know, it, 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 it's something which uh, is an affront that the Jews have to hold on to it. So is that the essence of this mitzvah? Or is the essence, the lesson, Kili it's, it, it's not yours, and you don't have the right to decide whether to sell or not sell, and so on and so forth. It belongs to Akkadibargo, like you just said. Is that the essence? Or I haven't suggested... That if it's, so to speak, the injuries to the Jewish people, right, the Isser is a national Isser, so then you could argue that maybe setting up a Tanai conditions, the two parties agree, oh, we can make an agreement, right? And the Isser is, so to speak, to protect the, so there, perhaps, he said perhaps, because especially then with a guy, maybe it wouldn't work, but at least two Jews, it stays among the Jewish people, you, you and me were both Jews, so we'll sell it to you, and uh, you can keep it, okay, maybe the bottom will hold, you can't, uh, you know, sell it to a guy, different problem, but to sell it to another Jew, Perhaps, since the whole thing is, is, is it's, a, it's only, an aff- not only, but it's an affront against Jewish national uh, ownership of the land, so that's okay to make it tonight. However, if you hold that it's, a, so to speak, an affront to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, an injury to Malchus Hashem, so to speak, then it doesn't matter whether both parties agree. It's not their place to agree or to disagree. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. The only question is, if you hold like side one, we understand why this is a particular din in Eretz Yisrael, right? Because Eretz Yisrael is a Jewish national homeland. But if the lesson is kili kol arts, and that applies in the whole earth, so why is this to come? We started. Why is it, we have this true in America also? I shouldn't be able to sell. I should have the same lesson. So that's what Rabbaron said in a different context. He said that that it does it does trace back to kedusha seretz yisrael. And uh, you know, I'll just end by noting that people know that Rabbaron spoke a lot about the concept of kedusha and where kedusha comes from. And this week said was parshas kedoshim. I just want to read. They recently put out. A couple of years ago, uh, Rabbi Chaim Sabato published a, uh, a book in Hebrew called Vivak Fonecho. He had uh, sort of like a series of, a long series of interviews and questions that he asked of Aaron 
uh, on many, many different subjects. And recently came out in English called Seeking His Presence. So I just want to read what, what he says at the, uh, one thing about Kedoshim. This week's session is Parsha's Kedoshim. So, and it relates to the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. It really relates to the, what you asked before. Namely, you know, the original, original seller, so to speak. But that's what a Baruch Hu wants. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is connected perhaps to the Kedusha of the Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael. But ultimately, the Kedusha comes from our Baruch Hu. Maybe that's, uh, that's part of the lesson. So look and see, I'm reading from the English over here. He says, clearly the linchpin is the understanding that all sanctity derives from the Almighty. This is on page 152, if someone wants to check it home. Clearly the linchpin is the understanding that all sanctity derives from the Almighty. There is no question that all sanctity stems from the bond to Him. The verse states, that's in this week's Sedra, Kedoshim tiu ki kadoshani, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. What is the meaning key for? Right, for I. There are those who wish to understand for is indicating comparison. You shall be holy just as I am holy. Kedoshim tiu ki kadosh. But I do not see it that way. I interpret it as indicating a link, a bond between our holiness and His. There is ultimate sanctity which stems from the Almighty. Man, by connecting to God, absorbs some of this holiness and becomes sanctified such that he is then capable of transmitting holiness into the world. That's where Aaron understood it. And again, you can apply it to our discussion, especially with regards to Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael. Aaron was a person who was, and we mentioned that, <coughs> Hesper was a person who was a, a, sanct- a person who radiated sanctity, radiated Kedusha. I think to some extent that caused him to be misunderstood in certain circles because, you know, Kedusha by definition is private. And despite all the writings and all the lectures and shirim, I think people misunderstood, you know, certain aspects of, of Rabarin's personality. He was, he was quieter in some ways, certainly naturally, a certain natural shyness that he had to him. And, uh, you know, therefore people sometimes attributed things to him, which I think he would not have uh, necessarily been pleased that were attributed to him. That happens to a large, uh, quite a number of, uh, Gedolim, uh, who knows words are sometimes not fully understood. And I don't claim to understand him better than anyone else. I'm just saying I think that, uh, uh, there's certain things that over the years that people attributed to him or f- felt that he would uh, support or would, where, where he didn't. And I think the people misunderstood. But in any event, he, he felt, uh, you know, Kedusha, they say, is private, you know, the Kodesh HaKadoshim and so on. In fact, he described his own Amuna in the very last, uh, you know, was asked by Rabbi Sabata to, to talk about his faith in God. And he writes, you asked me about my faith in God, that is man's holy of holies. In his, in his sanctum, his most intimate relationship. And to summarize how he feels, and sometimes I think when a person has that kind of private uh, Kedusha, can be, it's a subject to be misunderstood. Nonetheless, one thing is clear. Uh, Rabban was, you know, his godless in Torah and his and anal- analysis, both sure, and you saw how he picked something apart and with, uh, you know, with his great breadth of knowledge, you know, recall many were shown him in different locations whose uh, positions we brought to bear on the subject and, uh, you know, presented a derech which uh, many of us, I think, benefit from and continue to benefit from and hopefully uh, will continue to benefit from uh, for many, many years. Thank so you. anyone who's interested, I uh, put out the uh, Hesped that I uh, have a few extra copies if you want uh, uh, personal uh, reflections and so on. I'll leave them over here if anyone wants. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbi Talvis. Thank you again, everyone, for coming.